This is Work and Life Harmony with Coach Kim Betty, mixing motivation and music with my main man, Herman Curry. Welcome, Herman. Thank you, and greetings to everyone. Today, we have a wonderful special guest with us, Dr. Gina Pritchard. She is a nurse practitioner in Texas with a telemedicine practice. Also, she is a dear, dear uh, friend of mine and an expert in heart attack and stroke prevention. And welcome, Dr. Gina. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. And I have to say, you know, um, Herman, when I was talking to Dr. Gina behind the scenes, she said, I love that music that Herman uh, plays. I like to say it in your accent a little bit, Dr. Gina. <laughs> what did you think when you heard uh, Herman's music? Yeah. Oh, I was so, so relaxed. It's just, it's better than like a soothing bubble, bubble bath, or I don't know if anyone listening like me really feels um, relaxed by sitting out on a lovely evening and watching the sunset. That's just how Herman's music makes me feel. It's just mm. very therapeutic, I would say. So enjoyable, so soothing, so uplifting. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that, that was some of the the target, the idea was to create relaxing music uh, uh, with, a, with a saxophone playing soothing sounds and sounding like a, a very unique human voice. Yes, that was my eye opening that it really like speaks like you don't have to have a person singing it did the speaking and we're doing it Dr. Gina to inspire people to think outside the box to also of course calm and relax and just to stimulate to action so and I will say Herman we've been getting comments from people on the YouTube page that it is I love the music because I can stop and think whatever we've talked about in the in the coaching actions and they mm -hmm. stop and one lady said, I grabbed my notebook and then while the music was playing, I took notes and made my action. So yeah, excited uh, that we're doing that. And today's topic is just take little steps. And I would, would love for Dr. Gina to share why you contacted me. The reason I called Coach Kim uh, is because uh, I didn't feel like I was doing an adequate job. I, I'm really not um, trained to do an adequate job in helping my patients go through the process of grieving or go through the change that is absolutely required um, encountering loss like we've encountered and like we're continuing to encounter. In the last couple of years, we've all gone through a lot, right? Mm -hmm. In the whole world, we've gone through a lot. And in my practice, so much of the key components of an individual either getting healthy or staying healthy, or getting healthier, taking their health to the next level in terms of being able to perform at a certain energy level, focus at a certain clarity level, et cetera. So much of what I do is focused on, revolves around lifestyle changes. What I kept hearing over and over, more and more as these last two years have gone on, is I just can't do it. I can barely make it through the day. This is what patients were coming to me saying. Patients either have lost their job or they've had to relocate. They've lost their loved ones to COVID or other things. They've uh, lost their own health due to COVID or other things and, and are having maybe long haul problems after COVID. Or um, it seems like 
grief and loss is causing everyone to just take like want to just check out of life, right? Barely make it to work, barely get the kids to school and just have to go home and go back to bed. And not only loss, but like the new um, dramatic or traumatic <laughs> topic of the day, right? I mean, thanks right. to uh, social media and kind of this political, cultural, whatever you want to call it, um, divide. So patients on a oh. daily basis are saying, Dr. Gina, I just you know, I can't sleep. Um, my sleep's gotten worse instead of better. I'm trying all the techniques or sometimes they're like, I can't, just forget it. I can't, I give up on trying techniques. I give up on exercise. I can barely get the kids fed and make it through the day. So I knew that, uh, I needed to some help with, to help my patients and myself, friends and family. We're all experiencing it, unfortunately. Um, but it's not hopeless. But I knew we needed some strategies and some some Coach Kim help. Mm -hmm. And uh, as always, you've arisen to the occasion, and I appreciate it so much. This information that you're bringing to us today is going to be very, very helpful and impactful. Yeah. Thank you. And Dr. Jean and I have worked together in the past. Um, I actually had an opportunity to uh, coach some of our patients, you know, and we would work together, roll our sleeves up and help people take actions that they needed to take to be healthy. We've done some work together with uh, exercise and nutrition and both supported another nurse practitioner and helping her to have people make the behavioral changes. Me from the taking action perspective and Dr. Gina from elevating the importance of it regarding heart attack and stroke and diabetes and things like that. This was a little different, and I, I can remember the exact moment that the text came through. Dr. Gina texted me and said, help. My first instinct was to go into Coach KB mode, you know, and that is to help people to experiment with change and get into action and do the things that you need to do and really put the reason why in front of them and really say you kind of have to take care of yourself. I was ready for that. And then I felt just something, Dr. Gina, in my spirit. And you got to know, Dr. Gina and I, and, you know, we're not putting our faith on anyone, but we were, we were even actually watching the same sermon one Sunday when we were talking about it, texting back and forth with Herman. She's like, I'm watching that. I'm like, I'm watching it too, you know. And it just hit me that the answer wasn't to say, you got to take care of yourself, get into action. I mean, that is the answer. I'll do the movie spoiler. That is the answer. Yeah. But I knew that there was something more like, who can I really get to support us in this matter? And then it just hit me that it was one of my other dear friends, and that's Dr. Portia Lockett. And I'm going to introduce her in a moment. I've recorded an interview with her, one of the most difficult interviews that I've ever recorded and edited, because you remember I have to listen to it over and over and over in order to do editing. I love editing. It's like therapy for me. This one was tough though, because she shares her story with grief and then also her perspective working with countless people while they're grieving. So before we do that, let's play that soothing music for us.
He had a Facebook Live audience member who said grief is an important topic and just thanks us for talking about it. Ina says, I'm still grieving the loss of my mom last December 2020. I'm a musician, pianist, singer, composer, and arranger, and now producer as well, so music is so much appreciated. Music is healing. Yay, thank you for participating with us. Um, Dana, we so appreciate it. So I'm going to share this interview here, and then we'll take a moment to reflect on what we're all learning, and then we'll, we will hear from Dr. Gina on just really framing for us why it's so important that we take care of ourselves, no matter what's going on in our lives, and we'll also share some other aha moments. Dr. Portia Lockett is a motivational speaker. She's a master trainer and facilitator. She is an author, a songwriter. She is a minister and a certified chaplain. And most recently through her own personal storm, she has become a grief recovery specialist. Um, I value our friendship. I value that you always come on and share with my listeners. (laughs) And I really appreciate you and love you dearly. So welcome, Dr. Portia. I love you too. Dr. Gina Pritchard, she's a nurse practitioner in Texas, mm-hmm. and she has a telemedicine practice as well. Dr. Gina is a heart attack, stroke, and diabetes prevention specialist. So her patients are saying, basically, I can't do the things that you're suggesting that I do, even though I want to, because I am grieving. Sure. It's interesting because she said not only because of COVID, but also all the things going on, you know, all of the civil unrest, all of the cultural trauma that we're all going through as well. So mm-hmm. Dr. Gina said, and I want you to help them. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I don't want to talk to her patients or our listeners. I don't want to talk to people. I want to talk with people. And so yeah. just as much as she reached out to me, I immediately knew who you're going to call. You know, I'm going to call Dr. Portia Lockett because I wanted to talk to someone who has been there, understands. And as I told Dr. Gina, Dr. Portia Lockett also, I see her. I don't know behind the scenes, but I see her in motion, in movement. I'd like to understand what is a grief recovery specialist A a grief recovery specialist is a person that helps you go through the grieving process, losing of a loved one, losing a child, losing a spouse, going through divorce, losing a pet, losing a limb. There's a process to help you to go through it. Tell us as much as you can share about your own personal storm. In December of of 2020, right in the midst of COVID, um, my middle son got his wings. So I've lost my mother, I've lost my father, I've lost a sibling, um, I've lost friends, I've lost family members, but to lose a child, it was, um, it was devastating for me. I felt like I had just been knocked off my feet and all of the wind that uh, I had within was just blown out. Everything was just like, just sucked out of me. Everything that, mm-hmm. um, I lived for was just like, just taken away. And 
it was almost as if I was in a, uh, a, a like a nightmare. You know, he called me that morning of and said, you know, mom, I feel like I'm getting ready to go to a whole different level. You know, things are just working out for me. You know, my business is going, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I've got music going, my, my, uh, my record label is picking up, all of my products are, you know, going really well. I just feel like God is getting ready to take me to a level. I can't even explain it to you, mom, but I'm getting ready to make you proud. And I said, baby, you've already made me mm -hmm. proud. And he mm -hmm. said, yeah, but he says, I'm just, I'm just feeling some kind of way. I'm like, okay. So he always called me his OG. So he said, all right, OG, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, okay, baby, I love you. That was our last conversation. That was our last um, encounter together. And so that same day, which is December the 15th, later on that day, his brother called me and told me that he had been in a car accident. And so that's all I knew. And so I called the hospital trying to get some additional information. They confirmed that he was there um, at the hospital, but the nurse basically said, you know, we're really, really busy. You know, we've got a lot of going on. So someone's going to call you back with more information a little bit later. So then I get the phone call later that basically says that he didn't make it. Right. So basically, I'm, you know, I've got to get on the phone. I've got to tell his brother to try to get over to the hospital. I got permission for you and his girlfriend to be able to go back there and see him and put, you know, to kind of verify what they're telling me is actually true. Um, and then uh, hours, matter of fact, hours later, then I was, I, I discovered that he had actually been shot. Another one of those senseless shootings. <sighs> I don't know if it was intentional, unintentional, it, it happened. You know, I'll never know the answer to all that. And so <clears throat> that just took me on a whole nother level of grief. You know, I'm that woman, I'm that person that everyone goes to, to get consoled, to get comforted. And now I'm needing somebody to comfort me. You know, in the midst of all that, I, I just had to stand firm on the word of God. That, that's the only thing that basically got me through. And, you know, and I don't know where, you know, others are in their faith, but, yeah. you know, yeah, I cried out to God. Yeah, I was even a little angry at God. I'm just like, okay, what did I do to deserve this? I've done everything you told me to do. You know, I've gone everywhere you told me to go. To, to go. I've called folks. I've, you know, given out, you know, blessings to this person, that person, you know, I never questioned, you know, my path. Mm -hmm. But for this, it, it felt like I was in a in a in a in a, uh, a, a, a choke where I really just couldn't breathe from time to time. I'm just like, oh my goodness, is this? Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, how did COVID make it more even more challenging? Because I know you had to get into action and oh. move about and travel and all the things. I mean, it's already a complete and utter nightmare tragedy. Did that right. make it worse because it was in the middle of COVID? Yeah. Absolutely, because now it's like, okay, you know, the whole travel piece, because he, he was in um, um, Atlanta, and I'm in Detroit, checking into a hotel, you know, trying to get something to eat, you know, taking a mask off to eat, it was just crazy. And so just even, you know, trying to find arrangements to, to even, you know, get with the funeral home that was there you know, uh, making the arrangements to be able to have him shipped or, or flown back to the Detroit metropolitan area. And then even the, the way that you would even do, you know, home goings was just totally different because of COVID. And it was just, oh my goodness, it was just something different. And so my heart really goes out to anyone that has lost a loved one, not only from COVID, but just lost a loved one, period.
So we got to make sure that we help people transition through that grieving process gently. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself permission to grieve, but also give yourself permission and it's okay to move forward. Because sometimes people think that, you know, if I start doing things that I enjoy, if I start taking care of myself, then then the person who I lost, it's almost like I'm disrespecting them. And I'm telling you, if, if all of our loved ones could come back and say something to us, they would say, you know what? Keep it moving. How can we have people understand what you did say in your blog so eloquently? We don't take care of ourselves, we will soon be the ones that need someone to take care of us. So how do we, how do we wrestle with that? Could you, I want to keep it real. Like, were you able to eat right, drink water, get sleep, exercise? I mean, when did you start that? Are you just now starting it? What? So I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a much better job now because when it happened, I lost, I lost, I, I just lost it. I lost my appetite. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was uh, practicing, you know, uh, a vegan lifestyle mm-hmm. and um, I just basically shut down. I did. I had a no, I had no desire to pretty much eat anything. You know, I had my regiment, my supplements that I was taking every single day, you know, okay. my body. Vitamin C, vitamin D, my magnesium, all the different things that I was doing, even prior to COVID, to uh, to keep my immune system uh, strong. Because you know, I I was pre-diagnosed with uh, sarcoidosis about twelve years ago. I have been intentional about taking really good care of me because I want to live a long, uh, healthy, productive, prosperous life. But right. nobody gets those things for me. Nobody can make me take those vitamins. Nobody could make me exercise. Nobody can make me eat. So I, I continue with my supplements, but I but I had no desire to eat. You know, I cut back on my water. I mean, I cut back on everything. I was just basically sometimes just drinking tea and just coffee. You know, I couldn't sleep. Um, you know, I still uh, suffer, you know, a little bit with insomnia. And I just went to my, my, uh, my, my doctor for my medical uh, examination, my yearly exam. And we talked about that. And so I'm filling out the, the, the forms, you know, on the little palette. And when I came in with the resident, she said, so you're, you're experiencing a little bit of depression. And I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. She said, well, based on the questions that you answered, you are suffering just a little bit, you're a little depressed. And so, so for someone to tell me that I was depressed, I'm just like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm the wow. person that encourages and inspires people to get out of their depression. And so I had to take a step back and just say, okay, I need to make some changes here. I said, okay, I'm going to start changing some things that I eat. Um, I'm going to also change what I do at night in terms of my nighttime meditation. So I start listening to really soft, soaking, worship, relaxing music to be able to help calm me down. Mm -hmm. And I'm one to lay in the bed and watch like a Law and Order or some movies or whatever just to tune down. So I stopped that. So that my mind would be clear. I, I turned off my phone, um, you know, I put on do not disturb. So nobody was calling me. I wouldn't hear the little beep, beep. So, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, that lets you know that there was a message or an email. I just shut it all off. And then I found some, um, some melatonin, five milligrams of melatonin that, that really helped me just to relax. And so I, that's what worked for me. And you have to make that conscious decision making that conscious decision to say, you know what, I don't want to stay this way. So there's all these changes, you know, that we, you know, we, we have to experience. I know this song that says everything must change. Nothing stays the same. The young become the old and mysteries to unfold, but that's the way of time. 
everything must change. No one goes unchanged. And so we have an opportunity to make some conscious changes in our mm -hmm. own lives. We can take ownership of it. Sitting down and having that conversation with Dr. Gina and just saying, you know, Dr. Gina, I can't do everything all at once. So what are the, if I have, if you've given me seven things to do, maybe we can start off with that, with three of those things, Dr. Gina. What would be the, the top three things that you think are very detrimental for me to, to, to live? Yeah. Because some patients may be at the point where if you don't do X, Y, Z and start doing this today, if you don't give up this, you don't stop smoking this and drinking this and eating this and that and the other, you're not going to make it. Yeah. So if someone wants to talk with you, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, yes. So um, you can call directly to 313-307-9103. Uh, you can go into my Instagram or on, on social media. You can DM me. Um, it's at Portia Lockett, A-P-O-R-T-I-A-L-O-C-K-E-T-T. -T. I'm on Facebook. Um, you know, you can even go to my website and there's a form um, if you want to um, have some additional conversation with me. And my website is drportialockett.com. Also, Kim, encourage them to um, get in some type of uh, grief support. So if you're going through the loss of a child, you know, sometimes sitting and having conversation with other people, um, it, it, you can share. No situation is the same, but to be able to sit there with other mothers or if you're going through a divorce, um, you know, get in a support group. Um, if you're lost a limb, support group, whatever your loss or, or change in that's causing you to grieve, it's good to be able to have some other people to go through. And also do things to that, that, that bring them joy. Even if it's just some little small things, you know, you can't do everything. You know, some people say, well, reading gives me joy. Find a good book to read. If laughing would make you uh, feel better, start watch, watching some um, comedy on TV or at the movies. Um, if trying new recipes brings you joy, try that. W whatever it is that you stop doing, just take little steps, little steps at a time and don't let anybody force you. Move at your own pace. Because when we stop moving, we no longer exist. So Dr. Gina, what do you think? I love that she said, give yourself permission and be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. If we could view ourselves like we view our spouse or our best friend or our children or our dearest loved ones, and treat ourselves the way that we would treat them. We want them to be well taken care of. Science does tell us if we don't take care of ourselves, lives, our lives will be shortened by cardiovascular disease and other things. And either our last 15 years will be miserable due to disease or it will be cut short. From a practitioner, from a healthcare provider, what were some ahas? Yeah, I think it's, um, that advice to to make for one start with the one two or three things put your health first it's that important and and the one two or three things is so key some people can't add another thing to their plate but they could go to bed an hour earlier one other thing dr gina that my heart goes out because you know that i'm a burnout advocate and so to deal with suffering patients and grieving patients and people in pain can cause you burnout and absorbing that. 
What's so interesting, though, is feeling like you're comforting another human being can give you joy and combat some of your own burnout. Let me share with you, Dr. Gina, a case scenario that I read in the American Family Physician just uh, this past uh, 2019, and it sounded so much like what you were talking about. And the scenario was a 56-year-old patient recently came in for a six-month follow-up for some well-controlled medical conditions. He's been a patient for more than 20 years. He's generally been upbeat on his visits. Over the past few years, he shared freely about his wife's battle with colon cancer. When I asked how he was handling her decline in health, typically he responded, I'm hanging in there. At this particular visit though, the veneer of keeping things together had vanished. He shared through teary eyes that his wife had died about a month ago and he was visibly upset, barely made eye contact, spoke with a shaky voice. He tried to maintain his composure, but emotions got the best of him. Other than referring him for grief counseling, what are some of the recommendations for a busy primary care physician when helping grieving patients? Several of the articles that I've read over the past week or so in preparation of this podcast all really said the same things. And it was that in addition to, of course, you know, curing and healing and things that healthcare providers are can sometimes do and work to alleviate people's pain and suffering. One of the most important things that you can do is to provide comfort. When we are under grief, and I'm going to say under grief because it feels like such a weight and it's an extra layer that just sort of cloaks your life. In, in sort of a darkness or a heaviness, let me, let me share with you healthcare providers. Picking up the phone is, is laborious. Filling out the health form is laborious. Confirming is laborious. Like going there and saying hi to everyone in the office, like everything just, it's hard. It's hard to make your bed up when you're feeling that way, let alone the extra. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you the really bottom line And Herman, what song is that? Don't nobody bring me no bad news. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) the other piece of it is we are scared. You're always scared when you go to the doctor that somebody's going to tell you something you don't want to hear. But I have Mm -hmm. a really good friend that just lost her mother. And she was saying that she has an elderly father, an elderly father-in-law. She has some cousins that are going through health scares. And of course, she has grown kids that are out mingling in the world. And she's like, if one more thing happens to anybody, I'm going to snap. Well, I think one, it's that the focus of the visit just changes, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we're there to talk about your high blood pressure and how are you doing on that new medication. But when a story or an experience is shared um, or tears are shed or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, it's obvious that they are like many of the patients I described earlier, just having a difficult time because of loss or grief or depression, whatever it is then that's the main, that's the main topic of the visit then. That's what we need to talk about. And you, I think a lot of it is asking uh, open-ended questions and listening. And I was talking to Dr. Gina and Herman behind the scenes and sharing that I had, um, was a caregiver and it was enormous grief. It was a nightmare situation. And I had neglected a tooth that needed some watch and care for the treatment that I had. And so I had taken a little too long to go back in. And by the time I went to the dentist, it was worse. 
And all I wanted to hear from my dentist and the team, as I kept saying, well, the reason why I stayed out was because I was dealing with this. And they did, they were doing what they thought was the right thing. Well, you need to take care of it. You took too long. You got to do better. But I needed someone to say, oh, we understand why you probably stayed out. We understand it. However, Dr. Gina, it's just that one statement. I get what you're saying to me. Active listen, play it back to me, and then give me that. However, let me take care of you, or even something to the effect of doing these next steps. You're, everything else is so out of control, Kim. This would be one way for you to be in control of your health. You know, we, we now do blood tests looking at inflammation. And so to provide that advice regarding um, giving comfort, verbalizing understanding to our patient and helping them seek treatment when needed or seek out the coach or the recovery specialist, et cetera, is as important as treating the tooth. It is as important as giving the blood pressure medicine because um, I've done inflammatory markers long enough to know that we see it in the blood. I've had patients who do, this was five years ago, pre-COVID, I'm thinking of a particular patient that led a pristine lifestyle, would show me pictures of her blueberries that she was eating and you know, exercised, went to bed early, got good sleep, all of the things but kept having inflammation in her blood work. And we were just scratching our head. It wasn't an oral issue, which many times it is. And um, we finally came down to it was that she was just as you described, she was giving care, was the main caregiver for her husband who had rapidly deteriorating Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And that stress from that caregiving role was what was driving her inflammatory markers to be high. Most important thing we can do is to provide that understanding. Those just takes a few sentences, maybe maybe five more minutes of your time. If you're really rushed, I would take longer if need be, but even in a busy practice, you could take five minutes and not only listen, provide comforting statements and give them some resources. It's, it's life-saving. Any aha moment you're having, uh, Herman, over there as you listen? <laughs> well, I, I want to interject the, the, the point that because uh, women tend to be a little more connected to their emotional state, hmm. uh, they even though they may have challenges, they can share and they can tap into it. Men hmm. have a challenge with that. And I, I've had so many friends that have passed over the last few years because they waited to the last minute to, to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, and my thing again about men in grief is that sometimes men don't wanna share uh, physically or within a group, but you can always get your favorite music, sit down in the dark, listen to that music and let go. We have people sharing. Uh, Kevin just said, I miss my brother and my best friend. Herman, congratulations on the men sharing, right? The men saying, I miss my family members. So the thing that I learned in my research, uh, Dr. Gina, what Herman is saying, you might be the only person that this patient is talking to about their situation. You've got them in the chair, in the in the bed, and if they're vulnerable at that moment saying like that 56-year-old patient in the scenario, 
I'm hurting because I just lost my wife. You might be the only person that they say that to. I'm going to leave you with one last story. And after that, um, Herman, let's listen to some music to take us out of this very deep conversation. And this is a challenging story to share as well, but I want you to hear it from the good news. One of the very first clients I had, Dr. Gina, and I don't think I've told you this one before, was a lady who was deciding to have her leg amputated or not. She actually said, you know, I know that I want to keep my leg, even though they're advising me to get it removed. She had had type 1 diabetes as a child, and whatever had happened was at this point, but she chose to keep her leg. And the point was, she says, I'm coming to you because I need to put self-care strategies in place so that no matter what happens in my life and my lifestyle, I will always do every single thing that the doctor has told me to do because it's the only way that I will live. It is a matter of life or death. Self-care is a matter of life or death for me. So we played through all the scenarios. She had older parents. If one or both of them, something happens to them. She had uh, teenagers. If something tragic or the teenager does something that really causes an issue, what will you do? If this happens, if you lose your job, no matter what, she was committed to doing every single thing, eating right, doing all the things at any treatment plan that they had given her to keep her leg and her health while keeping her leg. And I say this to many of my clients, what if we looked at self-care as a matter of life or death? And the way Dr. Gina paints it, it really is matter of quality life or death. So our purpose today was to, for anyone that is grieving, anyone that is hurting, just take little steps. That's right. Thank you so much for getting this most important message out to our listeners. You can listen to the EP and stay in touch with Herman by going to Everywhere Music Goes. You can follow him on Facebook. He's on iTunes and Spotify. Stay connected with me. Coach Kim Betty on social media and then my website, kimbetty.com. Please join the mailing list.